This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Show. I am your host, John Hewlin, and I am joined today by my extra special guest, Mike Brennan. Mike, how are you? Cool. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm extra oh, special. I'm That's right. <laughs> That's right. Thrilled to have you here today. Now, everybody, I want to give you a little bit of background about Mike, because not only is he an amazing human being, which he is, uh, Mike is a designer, he's an illustrator, and an author. He's an entrepreneur, but... He has two other jobs that I would probably say, he'll agree with me, are his two most important jobs. He is a husband and a dad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's based out of New Jersey. He's not far from New York City. So if you, if you catch him on any of the multitude of social media channels that he's on, many times you'll catch pictures of him with his family doing various things around New York City. I've seen plenty of them. They are awesome. So... Thanks for sharing those, Mike. Absolutely. All right. Now, Mike has also worked with so many different brands and people. Now, some of these brands you've heard of. You've heard of Mobile before, I'm sure. Heineken, Chase Manhattan Bank. I mean, are those big enough for you guys? That's big enough for me. So Mike's worked with big name people, and he works with regular everyday folks too, and anything and everything in between. So, Mike... Give us just kind of a highlight of you, kind of where you started from and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, I'll try and keep it short because my story has a lot of twists and turns, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I guess that's what happens in life, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I uh, have graphic design as my background. I uh, grew up in the New York area and knew since I was a kid that I wanted to be involved in something art-wise. Um, and so really leaned into that, went to art school, um, bounced around several different jobs with huge advertising agencies with some of the clients that you mentioned, yeah. uh, to smaller boutique agencies, places where I was the art department. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was me. Yeah. Um, and so variety of experiences, and really just trying to hone my craft and my skill in helping communicate through graphic design. And so sometimes that was uh, logos and branding and ad campaigns. And sometimes that was uh, actually magazine layout, you know, editorial design. And so uh, enjoyed all those different things. Uh, then actually hit a wall when I was in my thirties. Um, and you know, it was one of those things where I felt like I had life was on a track and, you know, you would get restless every so often, move around to a new position because maybe you felt like you hit a ceiling or maybe the, the people around you changed. And so that changed your work environment um, or you just felt like you needed a new challenge for something. Um, and so went through all that kind of stuff, but eventually hit this place where I felt like I was just the cog in the wheel and just, you know, is this it? is this all there is? Because it doesn't feel like this should be it. And yet I don't really know where else to go from here. I don't know what else to do. And at the same time, uh, I had this other part of my life that was very relational, that was uh, very much into pouring into people and caring for people. And so I kind of felt like I had this, this, this divide where I had design and my profession on one side, and then I had the people stuff on the other side. Mm -hmm. And that took the form a lot for me in terms of uh, pouring into my church and caring for people there and being involved in different ministry type opportunities uh, on a volunteer basis. And so those things continued to widen for me, the divide, and felt the pressure and just felt like I need to do something here with this. And I feel like the people stuff is really where my heart's at. I love connecting with people. I love helping people. And I was like, that I feel like is a more worthy cause for me to donate my time and my life to than um, just the latest ad campaign. And that's not to say that I don't value that stuff. It just had a different place in my heart. And so um, 
actually left the design world, went into full-time ministry for about 10 years. And in that 10 years had, uh, you know, the, the slash job was what I call it, which is, you know, like children's ministry slash college ministry slash worship leading slash 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 slash. Um, and so it was kind of like all the stuff that nobody else wanted to do. <laughs> you know, Other sometimes it was kind of that. Signed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so did some of that stuff, but at the same time that gave me opportunity to kind of reunite with uh, a childhood friend, my best friend growing up and he was the youth pastor at this church. And so we came together and there was this evening service that was kind of like rock and roll church, if you will. Um, that's kind of what we termed it. And so very much uh, happening with, you know, college and youth and even families who were looking for a different worship experience. And that eventually grew to a place where we were like, Hey, I think we actually feel called to plant a church to start a church ourselves. And so that was an interesting time because we were like, how do you do that? You know, we got to figure this out. And so thankfully we had some people we could surround ourselves with who spoke into this in that time and the process and um, crazy stuff happened for another story for another day. But um, all that to say, the thing took off like a rocket. Everything was great. Uh, and then about five years into it, I was really suffering from bad depression. Didn't know it. No. Uh, had taken a 10 year absence from my own art from doing anything, even personal art mm. that started to wear on me. Didn't realize it. Uh, also compounded by the fact that it was faith, community, friends, family, finances, everything all in the same bowl. And when one thing starts to unravel, it all starts to unravel. And yeah. so I found myself just in a really difficult place there of going like, what, what do I do? I feel a little chewed up from ministry. I feel like I need to to leave. It's obvious that I can't stay in the capacity of leadership and, and doing the things I need to do. Um, and yet it had been a 10 year absence from my art and from design world. And that kind of, I felt passed me by a little bit. And so that coupled with just a stripping away period, you know, those seasons in your life when you're just like, I don't get what is happening here, but uh, how to sell the house, how to move, had to, you know, take a, I ended up taking a position actually at another church that was for graphic design. Um, so it was kind of both worlds together a little bit mm -hmm. and a little bit of like pull the car over on the side of the road, get some health and perspective. Mm -hmm. And that eventually led me back to my own personal art, which um, is really where I had a transformative experience and journey over the past eight years of doing a, a daily drawing or painting every single day. And that has really shaped me and given me vision and passion and really a context for ownership over my own path mm -hmm. um, that was really lacking in the first part of my story. So long answer to a short question. <laughs> <laughs> now, listeners, I want you to know whether you're viewing us on YouTube or listening to the podcast show, Mike really shared like some drops in the bucket. I mean, there's so much more that goes into a story that I know we could spend an entire episode just on Mike's story, which would be fun. And that may be for another time, but there's a lot more to it. So let me plug Mike's show for you. Now, Mike, remind me the name of your show again so that everybody yeah. can hear it. It's Creative Chats. Creative Chats. Mike Brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N is his yep. name. You guys can find him on every major platform that you listen to podcasts on. But in there, not only does he meet with some awesome and great creative type people, he also shares more about his story yep. and what's going on with him. And you can learn a lot more about him. Uh, this is a good chance for us to talk about other ways that people can find you, Mike. So if people are looking sure. for you after they hear you, where are the best places to find you? Yeah, really my website, mikebrennan.me, M-E, is the portal at which you can get to the variety of things that I do. And so it's not just um, visual art. You know, I still do graphic design. Um, I do paintings and illustration. So you can get to some of my work there, as well as uh, my podcast and speaking and also coaching, which is new. So all that's right there on, on that homepage. Okay. You mentioned coaching. I know that you're writing or have finished a course. Yeah. Well, actually, the, the course I wrote a while ago, uh, it's okay. called um, Your Artist's Journey, mm -hmm. uh, Finding Your your Voice and Your Style Through Daily Practice. And the whole idea is really unpacking some key lessons that I learned in this whole experience of showing up daily 
and, and leaning in and establishing a daily creative habit. Okay. And so it, for me, it wasn't just about producing the work that I wanted to produce, but then also I realized there's a lot of things that I've learned that I think would be helpful for other people who want to lean into that, but don't really know how, you know, they flirt with their creativity. They have these moments where they're like, you know, if I have time, if I, if I can find the time, um, if I feel inspired, if I have all the resources that I need before me, when I finally sit down to actually do the thing that I want to do, um, all those things that tend to trip people up before they even get to the place where they're actually creating something. Mm -hmm. I figured out how do you leverage momentum? How do you actually develop a habit and let that habit do a lot of the heavy lifting for you as you show up and as you try to engage with your creativity. So um, the course is, is aimed at visual artists, but there are definitely principles in there that I think transcend whatever creative expression you might have. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely available for people and that's, you can find it at uh, yourartistjourney.com. Okay. Um, now, most of the folks who are listening to this show um, will happen to be men and they're certainly interested in trying to improve their most significant relationships, but we also have entrepreneurs that come into this. And I wanna to speak to the entrepreneurs out there for a minute. There are many of us, if you were to ask us, are you creative? The very first thing that comes to mind is doing things like Mike does. If you look behind Mike, those are his creations. I mean, I'm looking at him. Of course, the one that everyone sees first is, Tony Stark above your right <laughs> shoulder. So, but that's what I think of. And I know I'm not gifted that way. And so in the past, when I've had people ask me, you know, are you creative? My answer was always no, but I have since learned that I have my own type of creativity. And so I'm glad you spoke to that related to your course to know that the course isn't just for visually artistic creative people that the principles in there can apply no matter what you do. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, a lot of the examples obviously that I give are centered around visual art, but um, there are things, you know, about showing up and creating that daily creative habit, establishing that whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's you want to write a book or mm -hmm. uh, launch a podcast or create content for your business, for a course. These are all things that are acts of creation. And I think you're right, too many times people think, well, I can't draw, I can't play a musical instrument, therefore I'm not creative. Right. But that is only part of creativity. That's, that's maybe an obvious manifestation of it, but creativity really at the core is just us leveraging something to create something so that it, it's fulfilling something within us, but then it's also helping the people around us. Yeah. It's, it's problem solving. Um, and the way that you approach your business, the way that you set up systems could be creative. Sure. Uh, some people are creative when it comes to budgets and I'm not yeah. talking about like illegal, <laughs> <laughs> but I just mean, you know, they have a knack for numbers and they can mm -hmm. figure out different, different ways to budget and different ways to move things around um, so that something runs smoothly financially. I don't have that gift. <laughs> My gift is more visual, right? And so it's, it's honoring those different forms of expressions uh, of creativity that, that people have and realizing that we all can be creative and it doesn't necessarily even have to tie to what we do for a living. It could also be, I'm making a meal for my family. Mm -hmm. I'm being creative yeah. there. I'm, I'm making something with ingredients, you know, um, or you're handy around the house. Mm -hmm. I am not. Again, there are some people who <laughs> they can go in and do something just, I mean, that, that's incredible. Um, that's how they express their creativity. Awesome. All right. So um, very briefly, talk for us about some of the places, some of the more well-known places where your art has appeared. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, and, and let me just preface this by saying, stuff like this only happens when you show up. Mm, and okay. so yeah. I really had to understand the importance of not just creating my work, but putting it out there yeah. and being bold enough to 
share it even when I maybe was like, I don't know about this or I'm not sure how this is going to be received or if it's going to be received. Mm -hmm. Um, Along with that, that creative habit, I really had to create uh, a bias towards action. Mm -hmm. And so not allowing that, that critical voice early on to stop me from stepping into some things and sharing the work. And so uh, by doing that, the more things you put out there, you know, the more darts you throw at the dartboard, mm-hmm. odds are you're going to hit some things. And sure. so um, really I've taken that approach in the past of keep putting out work, keep showing up, keep um, figuring out how you can leverage it for the most that you can. And so by sharing my art a lot, honestly, on Instagram, uh, a lot of opportunities have come where, mm-hmm. you know, sci-fi channel, um, they did a feature on me. And so they, they featured me on their website with a bunch of examples of my work where I did these pop culture mashups, mm. which basically just means that like a mashup, you take two things that seem unrelated and you kind of put them together. And uh, for me, that, that looked like taking, say, Captain America and Abraham Lincoln and mashing them <laughs> together for a character okay. that's, you know, Captain Abe America uh, or okay. taking... This, this one's a little deep cut, but uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, um, you may know the new series, you know, uh, the new trilogy with Poe Dameron. He's, you know, one of the pilots, right? And uh, one of the main characters. So there's Poe Dameron and then there's Edgar Allan Poe and I put them together for Edgar Allan Poe Dameron. And so it's Edgar okay. Allan, you know, Poe's face basically in a, in a suit of, uh, for an X-Wing fighter. So... <laughs> It's these these mashups that I find that are interesting that sometimes these thoughts just come to me. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a blessing, maybe it's a curse. <laughs> it's undecided. Or both. But yeah. Uh, and then figuring out, okay, so how am I going to create some art around that so that there's a little bit more concept to it? It's not just like, hey, I created a picture of this guy or hey, I drew a picture of a flower. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's a little bit more concept behind it. And so people start to recognize that and appreciate that. And there's also a little bit of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, humor in there. Um, and so they wanted to, to highlight that on their site. And so they did that and shared it on their social media platforms as well. Um, I also had, uh, speaking of pop culture stuff, it's a lot of pop culture stuff, honestly, because, um, that's my world. I love a lot of different movies and TV shows and mm-hmm. trying to find things that are common ground so that they're, uh, talking points with other people, connection points with people of like, Hey, you're a fan of that. So am I cool. Let's, let's talk about that. Um, so another one is walking dead. Um, I did actually fear the walking dead earlier on. Uh, one of the main characters there, I did a portrait of the character and, uh, it was actually on, um, talking dead with Chris Hardwick on AMC. And so uh, that got highlighted there, which was a cool opportunity as well. Yeah. And then more recent things of like um, having some art in uh, Ronald McDonald House in uh, Chicago. Wow. Um, and that was a really, um, I just, I appreciated that so much because of, you know, it being a Ronald McDonald House and, and having a room that was actually uh, themed with first responders. Oh. And um, my, I did this series where it was uh, different dogs and they were in uniform. And so uniformed pets is kind of what I call the series actually. And so a few of those they actually acquired for this room. And so there's a doctor, like a a Labrador uh, (laughs) in the doctor's, you know, uh, uniform. And then there's a German shepherd with a uh, police officer and then uh, an Aussie shepherd uh, in a uh, fireman's uh, outfit. And so those, those paintings again were, were acquired and are in that, um, you know, in the, the Ronald McDonald house, which is really, you know, again, that I love when I can connect with people with things like that, where there, it really matters, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about your art. Kind of like, can you describe your style for us? Because sure. all artists are different. Yeah. And that was a sticking point for me earlier on, honestly. And when I was a kid, I was really into like Looney Tunes and, you know, all the cartoons, the Saturday morning cartoons, I lived for that stuff. And then it eventually morphed into some uh, comic strips. And so I would actually mimic a lot of comic strips like Garfield and Bloom County and Calvin and Hobbes eventually, you know, all these, these comic strips that were, I really admired the, the characters and the drawing style. And so I used to trace over some of them when I was a kid and make my own greeting cards for family members and things like that. And so that set me early on knowing that I could create something, give it to somebody and then have them have an experience, even if it's just for a moment 
to make them feel good. And so I was like, I love this. I need to do more of this. And so eventually convinced myself that I couldn't really draw well because I couldn't do a photorealistic style. And for whatever reason, that was the benchmark for what I considered like quote real artists. Mm-hmm. And because I couldn't do that well, I was like, you know what, we're going to shut that down and we're going to actually just concentrate on graphic design. Mm-hmm. So for years and years and years, I really never did much with my own art outside of graphic design until one day when I had finally come back to it after suffering from depression, coming back to my art, going, let me show up. Let me just do stuff that I want to do. That's for me. Mm -hmm. Let me figure out what that is. And so I experimented with a lot of different subject matter and different materials. Uh, I was on this quest basically just to find that thing that would make me feel like I was back in touch with that place inside of me again of, of creating. And then also if it happened to speak to some other people and connect with them, you know, that was like a bonus uh, Mm -hmm. for that to happen. And so as far as my style, I really had to unlearn some things. Um, And what I mean by that is a lot of times you learn traditionally, you know, especially from art school, good or bad. Yeah. You learn certain things that are like uh, more the way of the masters um, you know, to, to, uh, do things in more of a clean style or, you know, certain rules that they lay down. And so as much as I appreciated that foundation, I really didn't push past it until the point where I got, where I was like, you know what, I have nothing to lose here. I'm going to experiment. I'm going to play. And I realized that like, I'm a messy person. Like my desk is messy. Like I just, even when I'm trying to be careful with something, I end up spilling something or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that yes. just, it just happens. And so I finally came to this place where I was like, I, I need to stop fighting that. Mm. I need to stop resisting that and stop trying to make myself adhere to certain rules that other people have set up or this ideal that I think is what I should be or how I should act or how I should draw or paint. And so when I started to strip that away and leaned into and embraced my mess, that's really when I started to experience some freedom. And, you know, with having energy and a lot of color and not getting hung up on, are the proportions exactly right? Um, You know, and some more of the the technical things that I could have and would have earlier on been stuck on, I really tried to be looser in those things. And even go, how far can I go where I'm so loose that there's something else that takes over in the process? And then I really experienced that freedom. And um, that, that has really made me gravitate towards, again, a loose style, uh, flowy lines, bold colors, uh, splatter marks. You know, I remember earlier on where I would, or I would take time to do this piece of artwork and then I, I would sweat over this, you know, and I'm thinking, I really like those, those paintings where you see a lot of splatter marks and, and sprays and things going on in there. Mm-hmm. But I had this fear that if I were to try to do that with my piece of artwork, I've just spent all this time, energy and effort into this thing. I feel like it's arrived at a good place. And now the extra last point is, is to do that splatter. What if I mess it up? What if I I totally tank on this thing? And so that fear blocked me for a long time. And so learning to go, no, you know what? I'm just going to do this. And part of showing up daily and doing a new piece of art every day, if I blew it today, tomorrow, I show up and I do a new piece of art and the stakes are a lot lower. So that's um, that's really what I've tried to embrace in my process and in my thoughts and in how I do my art. Okay. where do you come up with your inspiration to do various pieces and tied in with that? Um, how do you create a unique piece? Meaning it's not necessarily like a Tony Stark kind of thing. It's like something that is totally Mike's. Yeah. I think I'm influenced a lot, obviously, like I said, by pop culture, Mm -hmm. um, being a child of the eighties is forever with me. So, (laughs) you know, there's, uh, there's that, um, that, that common thread again, that, that stuff that I know isn't just of interest to me, but I know that there's a group of people out there that are also are fans of these things. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's, it's, it's a thought that enters my head. It's an idea that I, that I just, 
either think or see visually quickly and then I'll move into actually executing it. Um, there are other times where, you know, I have to sit with something a little bit longer and probe and be inspired by some other things that I see or work that other people are doing. Um, and I think, you know, there's nothing that's truly original under the sun. And so you can't set yourself up for that, you know, um, and on the opposite spectrum, you can't also stay in a place where you're just replicating other people's work and style. Mm-hmm. Like it's important, especially when you're first learning to, to do that, to try to copy and mimic, but you need to move past that. Right. Um, I also liken that to, cause, cause I play guitar. And so when I first started learning how to play guitar, I would learn other people's songs. I would learn you know, how are they playing this and, and what, what are, equipment are they using and, and, you know, learning their, their songs so I can, you know, sing them as well as play and all these kind of things. And eventually I got this place where I was like, you know what, that's great, but I, I want to do my own stuff now. I want to express my own voice. I want to express my own thoughts and write my own songs. And so I think whatever it is that you're creating, it's okay to start in a place where you're, um, you're, you're mimicking at first but then you really need to move through that to get to the point where you're like, here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to express. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then let all those different influences come out. And so it's almost like ingredients. Um, like some of the artists that I really appreciate, and, and this may seem like really strange because they, they don't really seem to have much in common at first glance, but someone like Andy Warhol okay. and then someone like Vincent Van Gogh. Now, you look at them and they're like, okay, those guys were not at all on the same page <laughs> you know, as far as time period or any, you know, where they lived, any of that kind of stuff. But really, if you look at it, um, there's a lot of bold color. There's mm-hmm. a lot of energy to their work. Um, I appreciate different things about them, you know, separately. Um, Van Gogh has a lot of brushwork and motion in what he brings and in, and in the color and there's a vibrancy to it. Um, whereas, you know, Warhol, again, the color treatment and some of the, um, the more graphic nature, having the graphic design background, mm-hmm. that was really attractive to me and thinking like, Oh, okay. So it's not just like me drawing something, but I can actually silk screen something, a photo and manipulate something. Um, and that can be part of artwork as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. So all these different influences, I'm, again, I'm not setting out to replicate a Van Gogh or a Warhol, but really what I'm doing is I'm looking at that stuff. I'm finding out the stuff that speaks to me about those people and their work and letting that come through when I sit down to do my own thing. Sure. Now, I didn't warn you about this ahead of time. Do you happen to have what you would consider to be a uniquely Mike piece close by, like behind you? Um, to the side? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think probably, you know, Robert Downey Jr. up there, that uh, that one is probably closest right now um, because there's a lot of color. There's a lot of motion and energy. It, it's a little bit tighter of a rendering than some of the stuff I'm doing right now. Um, but I think it still encapsulates the the movement, energy, color, and some of the, the splatter and... Um, loose line work that um, really is a part of everything that I do. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. It's, it's very eye catching by the way. Oh, thank you. And uh, some of our listeners may be wondering, is that something you would ever part with? Well, actually I created that digitally. So I do offer really. Yeah. Uh, Most of the stuff I do actually uh, I'd say probably 85, 90% of what I do is actually on the iPad pro. Oh, okay. and uh, so I create it all digitally. And then the beauty of that is I can make uh, prints of that, whether it's mm-hmm. paper prints or canvas prints, that's actually a canvas print. And so I offer that in my shop on my site as well. Very cool. Now, what would something like that run on canvas? Yeah. I mean, you're looking at, uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks uh, for that. And um, you know, the, there are other ones. And again, this depends on size. That's a 16 by 20. Um, oh, okay. And so it's got a nice depth to it as well. Okay. Very cool. Again, that's just giving people a little bit of an idea. Yeah, absolutely. Idea. All right. Well, we're going to kind of 
shift gears a little bit here. Um, oh, before we do that, this is an important question. If somebody goes onto your site and they go through your portfolio, kind of check out all the different things that you're into and that you do, and they decide, Mike's my kind of guy. He's somebody I know I want to work with. What is that process like to work with you? Yeah. So that really kind of depends on what they're approaching me for. Um, If it's graphic design and they're in need of a logo Mm -hmm. or something design related, um, that starts with a conversation of what the presenting need is. And then I ask a lot of probing questions to find out, uh, especially if it's more like logos or things like that, like who the competitors would be, um, identifying what visual aesthetics the person may uh, have kind of built in as a person or as an organization, you know, do they not like, you know, uh, red as a color? Uh, is that not appropriate for, for their company? You know, things like that, basically just a lot of investigative questions okay. uh, to really try to narrow down uh, the conversation and give us something to work with so that we get into the process a lot quicker. Um, if it's something like a, a portrait or, or a painting, um, you know, again, it really, whatever it is, it starts with conversation. It starts with a relationship uh, and asking questions, being curious, making sure that there is an exchange of uh, me asking questions to gather information, but then also allowing the person to ask me questions about my process, uh, making sure that things are clear, making sure that they feel comfortable. Um, because especially with a lot of artists, unfortunately, artists sometimes don't have the best track record with follow through and with uh, being dependable. You know, everybody has a story about that guy that they hired to do that thing and (laughs) they don't know what happened to him. He still hasn't gotten back to them and they got burned, you know? Um, So I really try to make sure that I establish that trust early on to be like, look, I'm not going anywhere. If you have questions throughout this process, I'm here. I'm here for you. I want you to have a great experience as well as I want to have a great experience. And at the end of the day, I want to make sure that everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if it's coaching uh, or, or something along those lines too, again, it's the same thing where I'm really trying to ask the questions, be curious and find out, you know, exactly what the need is. Even if somebody may have come to me with one thing, but asking some questions and probing, somebody may have a, a realization to go, you know what? I was originally thinking this, but now that we've talked, I kind of have some more clarity on this. And so it's better to have that happen up front in, in, mm-hmm. in the process than it is when you're down the, the road and you're, you're starting to produce something or build something and then get to this place where you're like, ooh, this isn't on the mark because we didn't right. spend enough time up front. So, Excellent. Excellent. And listeners, remember, Mike brought up some great points there. And one of the things that's really important to remember about him is that not only is he an artist, he is an entrepreneur slash business owner, Um, unfortunately, and he brought this subject up. So it's not me saying it first. It's Mike. (laughs) I, too, have worked with artists before that are fantastic artists, but are terrible business people. And follow through was almost non-existent. And so... He is leading by example when it comes to that. It's like, hey, you can be an artist and a business person and be good at both. Mm. So tied in with that, we talk an awful lot about relationships in this show and how important those are. So start with where I believe relationships do start, and that is at home. Because it is, it is my heartfelt opinion that if you want your work life to be all that it can possibly be, you got to be doing everything you can be at home. So what's that like for you being an entrepreneur and how do you work with things when it comes to the home front? Yeah. So it's, it's not easy. Uh, I'll be Mm -hmm. honest, you know, when you're trying to build something, especially in the entrepreneurial space, that has a never ending task list, you know, (laughs) and to when you're used to being in, especially if you've been in a staff position where, you know, you've clocked in and out and your time was very delineated. It was obvious when you were at work and then when you were at home, mm-hmm. um, that's an easier approach because you know where those lines are. But when you're doing your own thing, it's very difficult. And especially in the beginning, 
stages, you know, and I still, in a lot of ways, I still feel like I'm in the beginning stages of, of some things. There are always uh, different income streams I'm trying to uh, um, secure and build up. And so, again, there's no shortage of things to do. And so it's hard to draw a line and say, that was enough for today. Now I need to close the door on my office or my studio and then walk out and have a different experience at home where now I'm home uh, and with the family. And so, um, you know, there are days where I, I don't do that well, uh, just honestly. And, and other days where, you know, because of the flexibility of what I do, if my kids need to go somewhere and be driven somewhere or taken to some appointments or other things like that, I can be more available in those things and in those moments um, and just be around more. Um, you know, I think that's a really important thing to just be very present uh, in your, in your family's life. So, Absolutely. but yeah, it's, um, it's hard and, and you, I think you have to constantly analyze it and, you know, my wife is, is very patient um, and, you know, we have to have conversations every so often where it's like, okay, we're getting a little out of balance here. And, or, you know, I need to express, Hey, I'm in a season of building something. And so there's going to be a little bit more time or effort that I need to pour into something. Mm -hmm. um, so making sure that you're, you're tending to things. There is no setting on autopilot. There is no, um, you know, it's, it's a living, breathing thing, both, your, your relationships with your family and then your relationship with your own work and your own self. Yes. Um, because yes. then there's so much of that tied up into regardless of whether or not you're somebody who struggles with identity and placing work and identity in the same thing, which mm. man, that's, that's something really dangerous. But regardless of that, there is something that says, I want to build something. I want to do something. I want to create something. And so therefore it makes me feel good. I want to do more of that. And so to be able to make sure that you don't wreck everything else in the process of doing that, I think um, you have to be very self-aware and, and tuned into what's happening, uh, which again, takes effort. Well, and I would continue that thought a little bit further. Not only does it take effort, I mean, maybe I'm saying the same thing just in a different way, practice. Yes. So it just, it's, it's constantly doing it. So when you were talking before about your art and how you're working on every day, and if you create a piece that you're kind of like, not my best, mm -hmm. you already know I'm going to be doing a different piece tomorrow and I'm just going to try and make it better that way. Uh, when it comes to relationships, it's a very similar kind of thing. It's not an all or none. I either get it all right or I get it all wrong. It's, right you're going to make mistakes along the way because you're human and humans make mistakes, but it's what do you do after that? And what kind of attitude do you have going into it after that, that makes all the difference in the world? Um, talk a little bit about how you try and translate some of those things that you do on the home front into your work life. Yeah, I think, being a relational person like that being something that's very important to me, you know, I said like growing up, it was important for me to find a place to belong and a place where, you know, my work didn't take me away from important relationships all the time. Like that was, that was one of the things that, that, that divide that I talked about earlier, I felt like work might be demanding more and more for me to stay later. And then there's commuting and all these other things that were, you know, by the time I got home, it was like, I, maybe I have an hour to spend with my family, you know? Right. Um, right. And, and beyond that, the friends, maybe I saw them on weekends, you know? Um, yeah, you know? <laughs> and so, and I knew that that was important for me to keep up with re relationships like that. And so um, to be able to have the freedom in what you're doing for your job, for your business, um, to build in those moments where you're taking that um, and, and leveraging it. And so as far as like clients and customers, I think it's that same desire to connect. Um, no matter what I do, that's at the foundation of everything. So whether it's, it's a, uh, an illustration 
whether it's graphic design, whether it's my podcast, whether it's coaching, anything that I do, it's all with this, this desire to connect with somebody mm -hmm. and to see how maybe there's something that I've experienced in my life that I can redeem or leverage to help somebody else. Yes. And, and so when you, when you view relationships in that manner of what can I do to help? How can I bring value? I mean, I know those are sometimes a lot of buzzwords, especially in the entrepreneurial space, but it's true because when we start to look at that, instead of what can I get? Yes. Um, you will open up more opportunities that way and more people will recommend you for other people, you know, to, to work with other people. Um, be, simply because you're someone who has respected them, who has brought value, who is just a, a good person, mm -hmm. you know, um, be a nice person. Don't be a jerk. You know, <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds basic and elementary, but that goes a long way. You know, um, I was just doing a Facebook live earlier today and I was talking about how, you know what, sometimes we need to be the person that we want to show up in our lives. Yes. We need to be that person yes. for other people. Absolutely. And just to show up and be the kind of person that you want in your own life, be the kind of person that you want to be around. Mm -hmm. Um, and so contextualize that to your business and to entrepreneurs and to, you know, whatever's going on, whatever areas of your life. Um, and I think you'll see that people will respond, you know, things will open up and opportunities will come and relationships take time to nurture. So it's not just they a, do. they do, Hey, let me be nice to this person so that I can, you know, seal this deal. But it's, hey, let me be nice to this person and I may need to plant seeds for a long time before I see anything come of it monetarily or business-wise. Sure. Um, but just knowing that, hey, I could be a person that they could come to when they need help with something. Now, to, we're getting toward the end of our time together. So I've got one bigger question to ask before we get to our final four. Sure. Okay. The listeners are probably getting pretty excited because I asked the same final four questions to everybody and we get some very interesting answers. So. <laughs> okay. All right. So what recommendations would you make to a new or an aspiring entrepreneur besides what you've already shared? I think pace yourself. Okay. Um, because for me, I know, especially I shackled myself with a thought of, I should be further along than I am mm. at many places in the road. And that pressure that I put on myself caused me a lot of anxiety and a lot of uh, frustration yes. instead of going in open handed and saying, I have my plans and I'm working hard, but I'm also being open to what may come what may develop and to give myself grace for those things that I needed to learn and the failures that needed to come in order for me to grow and to be the person that I need to be. And that doesn't happen any other way. And so I think if you set yourself up for in the beginning thinking I'm going to just go in, kick butt, go real fast uh, and, and get to that place where I desire to be, I think you're going to be really frustrated and you're going to miss out on some things along the way that are there to teach you and guide you and, and mold you and shape you. And so practice grace with yourself for those things. Be okay with being a beginner again. You know, you may have uh, a certain amount of success in a certain area of your life, but that does not automatically mean that in another area, especially where it's brand new, that you're going to have that same success. And so be okay with being a newbie, with being a beginner and embrace that. Learn, ask questions, surround yourself with people who can help speak into your journey, your situation from the things that they've learned um, and continue to leverage that. You know, surround yourself with wise counsel. I couldn't have said it any better, my friend. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, let's get to our final four. Are you All ready? Right, excited. Yep. All right. Just first thing pops in your head. I'm sweating. Okay. <laughs> Why did God create Mike? God created me to give him glory first off and second of all, to help the people around me. Okay. 
That is the most succinct answer we've received so far. (laughs) Love it. Love it. All right. What are you reading or listening to right now? Um, boy, I, you know, I tend to listen to more podcasts and audiobooks uh, okay. from time to time. Uh, you know, I just finished um, I'm Possible by Jeremy Cowart, mm-hmm. uh, who is an amazing creative person. And he just shares his journey, um, not just with photography, but then in all the different things he does, a, a lot of humanitarian efforts, um, really inspiring story. And he's just a great guy. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting up with him. And um, so that's, that's one that I just finished. Um, And then, like I said, I I listen to a lot of different podcasts. Um, You know, uh, there's, there's a guy who's an illustrator, Andy J pizza, who has a creative pep talk. His podcast uh, is very inspiring and insightful. Um, Don't quit your J job by um, Kathy Heller. Uh, is very inspirational as well. And um, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, as far as music and things, um, really, uh, I, I, I vacillate between some older stuff from the 80s. I have a lot of 80s stations on. <laughs> just trying to recapture that special time in my life. Um, or I will just, um, you know, I have an eclectic taste as far as music styles. So really, uh, I can't even think of anything off the top of my head that I'm like that dialed into at the moment. I really bounce around to it. So sorry for not being too, too specific, but no, no, you were specific in other areas. That's perfect. That's perfect. Okay. What's your favorite thing to do with your family? I would say go on vacation. Any particular thoughts that you like? Um, you know, it's, it's not even that we've traveled that much. Um, but the times when we talk about like, good memories. You know, when my girls who were both teenagers, we were talking about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago of like just some favorite memories. A lot of it has to do with our times when we're away on vacation together, because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of the usual whatnot that's stripped away. We're together for an extended period of time, enjoying a new scene, uh, experiencing new things. And so, you know, it was a trip to universal in Florida. Um, it was, uh, you know, a trip to New Orleans or um, even a trip, you know, to spend some time with family in South Carolina, you know, those are the moments where, again, we, we seem to make those memories together and have shared experiences that we can keep revisiting. That's fantastic. That's, uh, that's something I actually try and do started doing several years ago with my kids rather than spending so much on gifts for them. Yeah. Start trying to create, opportunities for us to make memories together yep because absolutely. you know if they're if my kids are anything like i was at that age two months after i got a gift i already forgot about it yeah but those memories stick with you forever absolutely or as long as your memory lasts yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right and our final question what are you most grateful for mm. that's a big question Uh, Or give me your top three if one's too hard to come up with. Okay. I want to say I'm most grateful for purpose. Yeah, you're going to have to flesh that out for us. Yes, I will. I will. Uh, I'm going to say the opportunity that I feel like God has extended to me to play a part in his story, uh, to be helpful to other people, to redeem the things that I experience in my own life Mm. and use them as connecting points to others. And to know that whatever it is that I'm going through in my life, it's not for naught, you know, and it's not an end unto itself, but even the darkest things, even the things that I've at times questioned, like, what do you do with this season in your life? (laughs) When, when I can figure out a way to redeem that and leverage it and help other people with it, then I feel like, okay, this, this was, was worth it in a, in a sense um, because it's helping somebody else. And so I'm very grateful for being able to live a life where I'm connected with other people. I get to do the things that I love to do with the people I love to do it with. Nice. And one of the things we like to say around here is we talk about redeeming your pain. 
which mm-hmm. is essentially what you were saying before. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is my belief that God brings pain into our lives, but it is never for us. It is always for other people because that's when we're able to take that, turn it and do something useful with it. Unfortunately, many times what we do is we tend to turn inward mm-hmm. and we, you know, do that navel gazing, that thinking only about me, you know, woe is me kind of thing is just that downward spiral. And it's, yeah. you get out of it until you decide that the pain of change now is less than the pain of staying the same. Absolutely. And now I'm going to do something with it and I'm going to in turn try and help other people which is the whole purpose of this entire show. Yes. But for me, taking my pain and turning it around and trying to help other men and entrepreneurs through relationships. Yeah. So, Mike, awesome. thank, thank you so, so much for spending some time with us today. Your insights into what you do and why you do it, which is really probably even more important, not just what you do, but why you do it is tremendous. Let me reemphasize again, listeners, if you want to contact Mike again, best way to do it is with his website. It's mikebrennan.me, that is M-E at the end, versus.com. Check him out. It's got everything you need on there to get in touch with him, to see all the various kinds of work that he does. And if you think this is a guy that can help me get further along with things I need to do, be that in coaching, be that with his course that he created, if you need him to help you when it comes to graphic arts or you just want to spruce up your artwork or for me, lack of artwork, uh, (laughs) he's definitely somebody who can help you with that. So again, Mike, thanks so much for being here and listeners love and appreciate you being here. Any last words for us, Mike? Um, Just be intentional with your time. Love the people around you and do great work. There you go. Couldn't say it any better. All right. We're going to wrap up how we always do. Remember, folks, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening, and remember, passion gets you started, purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.